Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. St. Julian of Norwich was a Christian mystic who lived in England in the 1300s. When she was 30 years old, she experienced an illness so severe that she and those with her thought she was on her deathbed. After she recovered, she wrote a book entitled Revelations or Showings of Divine Love, the earliest surviving book written by a woman in the English language. And in her book, she recounts visions she had of Jesus during her illness. At one point, she was wrestling with the brokenness of this world, with sin and suffering, with her own pain. And Jesus came to her with the assurance that while sin and suffering endure for a time, all shall be well and all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well. Jesus speaks to us about suffering in our reading from the Gospel of John for today. By this point in the Gospel narrative, Jesus is a few years into his public ministry and about six months away from his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and the Holy Week that follows. Jesus has called and been teaching disciples to learn from him how to be like him. He has healed Peter's mother-in-law and the servant of a Roman centurion and a woman with a debilitating disease and many others. He has calmed a storm at sea and fed thousands on a hillside. He has told the parables of the Good Samaritan and the rich fool. He has said to his followers, love your enemies and give to those who ask and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Here, some people in the crowd that has been following Jesus tell him about some Galileans whose blood Pilate mixed with their sacrifices. This is the same Pontius Pilate who will later sentence Jesus Christ to death. Pilate was the Roman governor of the region of Judea, which included Jerusalem, in violent and tumultuous times, just a few generations after the Romans had conquered the land and subjugated its inhabitants. Pilate was known for his brutal oppression of the Jewish people and his violent reaction against any hint of rebellion. It seems that what happened here is that some Jewish people from the northern region of Galilee had made a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem, in the region of Judea, to worship God. And part of worship in the temple in that time and place included animal sacrifices. And so, while they were worshiping God in the temple, offering their sacrifices, 
Pilate's soldiers stormed in and murdered them. Their blood mingled with the blood of their sacrifices. This was a vicious and deliberate human act. And then Jesus brings another tragic event into the conversation. Eighteen who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell upon them. The city of Jerusalem was and is surrounded by a wall into which watchtowers were built. It's likely that the Judeans who were killed were working on a tower near the Pool of Siloam in the southern part of the city. This was an unexpected, tragic event. And then Jesus asks his listeners, if the Galileans who were murdered and the Judeans who died when the tower fell on them were worse offenders, were worse sinners than anyone else. A question that implies that at least some in the crowd thought that this was the case. There were likely Pharisees in the crowd who opposed any use of force against Rome and might therefore think that those who rebelled against Rome deserved to die for their rebellion. There were also likely zealots in the crowd who encouraged the use of force against Rome and therefore might think that those Judeans who were building a Roman watchtower deserved to die for their conspiracy. There were likely also those in the crowd who held the view of suffering prevalent in cultures from that time to this, that bad things happen to bad people, that those Judeans who died when the tower fell and those Galileans who were murdered must have done something to deserve what happened to them. It must somehow be their fault. This must somehow be divine punishment upon them for their great wickedness. A view of suffering that Jesus clearly rejects. No, he says. And then he calls upon his listeners to repent. The Greek word metanoia, from which we get metamorphosis, it means to change your mind and heart, to think and act differently, to be transformed. God, our creator, redeemer, sustainer, does not want or cause our suffering. God does not harm us. God loves us. God is good and wants good for us and is working all things together for good. God created us to be in loving relationship with God and each other and the world God made. But we human beings of our own free will often fail to love. We speak and act in ways that are harmful for ourselves and others and the world God made. We sin. We are all sinners. And we are all subject to the consequences of sin in this fallen world. Our sin and the sins of others 
Pilate sinned and others suffered. The Galileans whom Pilate murdered, the Judeans on whom that tower fell, were not worse sinners than anybody else. The tragedies that befell them were not the unique punishment of God upon them for their wickedness. They didn't deserve what happened to them any more than anybody else who experiences tragedies. We all suffer in this broken world. But we know that one day our suffering will end. We and the entire creation will be healed. This world will be restored. And we know this in Jesus Christ, the God of all creation in the flesh, God with us. Jesus was himself a Galilean who made a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. Jesus himself was brutally murdered by Pontius Pilate at the hands of Roman soldiers. His blood flowed down the wood of the cross. Jesus Christ suffered and died and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again to life, defeating death forever. He ascended into heaven and is preparing a place for us. And one day, he will come again and make all things new. One of our members recently sent me an email asking why Jesus was beaten on the way to the cross. Was it somehow necessary that he did? And I replied, no, in my view, it wasn't necessary. It was the result of Jesus being fully human and fully divine in our broken world. The suffering and death of Jesus Christ reveals God's profound love for us, makes known to us the God who is willing to fully participate in our life, in our suffering, even in our death, to join with us so that we may join with God, to take our sin and suffering and death as his own and to give us his forgiveness, salvation, and life eternal, to bring us with him into life, eternal and abundant, life now and forever, life that does not end. This is the joyous exchange, as Martin Luther calls it. Jesus Christ embodies the God who would go that far for us, who suffers along with us so that we know we never suffer alone. God is with us and for us forever. God will never leave us or forsake us. God loves us without condition and without end. God loves us so much that he came into this world to save us. Beloved, since God loves us so much, we ought also to love one another, to share the grace we have received 
to speak and act in ways that promote the health and well-being of ourselves and others and God's good creation. We are to repent, to turn away from our sin and turn to God. We are to bear good fruit, not in order to be saved, but because we are saved. Not in order to earn God's blessing, but because God has already blessed us. Not from fear of punishment, but from gratitude for grace. As Martin Luther says, good works do not make a person good, but a good person does good works. And so in the parable that Jesus tells immediately after he speaks of these tragedies, perhaps the man who wants to cut down the unproductive fig tree represents the worldly vision of retribution, the worldly vision that bad things happen only to bad people, that those who suffer somehow deserve their suffering. It must be their fault. It must be God's divine punishment on their wickedness. And perhaps the gardener who fosters and cultivates life represents God in Christ, who brings restoration and healing and peace, who will give that tree year after year after year, who is infinitely patient, who forgives sinners, who is gracious and merciful and abounding in steadfast love. And so may we bear the good fruit of Christ in our lives. May we treat those who are suffering not with judgment, but with compassion. And may we hold in our whole being the gospel truth that the God who loves us enough to suffer along with us will one day bring sin and suffering and death to an end, will heal us in the entire creation, will make us whole, and all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of thing shall be well. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.